Ladies and gentlemen, the Chris Roach Show. All right. Welcome back to the Chris Roach Show. This is episode, is it 20, Mike? This is episode 20, Mr. 20, Roach. Mike Nicolia. And dude, I am pumped because I have one of the coolest dudes in the business. Brett Ernst is here with us. What's up, Brett? How you doing, buddy? That's my radio voice. How'd I do? Hey, now. Hey, it's 12 past the hour. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, I remember I was doing a show in, uh, in was it Tampa? You know, you, and you got to, when, as a comic, you got to do radio and, 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 you know, they wake up like what, 6am sometimes and with yeah. night people. So this guy, no, I think it was down. Uh, what's the one, the seafood place down in uh, oh, uh, Captain Brian's Captain Brian's I'm doing radio with this one guy. He brings me into a little booth and he interviews me. He's like, yeah, all right. We're going to talk about this. You ready, Chris? I'm like, yeah, no problem. He goes, okay, here we go. Ready? Three, two. All right. Coming at you now. We're here with Chris Roger. I'm like, what fucking time? Warp? What just happened? It was like a time walk to the 70s. I'm like, dude, nobody talks like that anymore. But he was serious about it. Yeah. And uh, I, I, they, they're, uh, those guys, I mean, there's some really like cat, like good ones. And then there's some that you're just like, come on, man. Right. There's some fun, like Albany Funny Bone. Those guys were fun. Uh, but um, hey, man, thanks for uh, sticking with us. I know we had some technical difficulties here on our end, and you had some. Uh, uh, technical difficulties at home <laughs> you had some appliance difficulties at home oh man it's just a rough day for all of us it's a rough day baby hey, well, hey what do you think worse hey working out baby okay all right okay. well i gotta tell you i gotta I raise this thing i'll tell you raise it up i baby. mean you know in, in today's day and age i mean i know uh i'm i'm, I'm assuming mike's italian i know I, yeah. i'm mostly italian <laughs> roach you're, you're not though right i'm supposed to be 25 percent. my grandfather 100%. Oh, okay i was gonna say you get <laughs> Three Goombas now trying to figure out how to do uh, technology. It's just not our thing. <laughs> trying to screw serious. in a light bulb. First thing I'm thinking as I'm looking at your backdrop, how does a New Jersey boy with Detroit We went over this before, Chris. We, we went did. over oh, I'm Chris. so sorry. I'm so sorry. How did you become a, a Cowboys fan? Let's do it for the listeners. Well, I was just, just saying, I do this a lot. It's for this reason right here as an American. That's right, brother. <laughs> That's right. Okay. All right. There well, you go. Who believes in the, uh, who has a copy of the Declaration of Independence right oh. here? God bless yeah, I, you, brother. God bless you. That, that's impressive. That's a gold-plated copy of the declaration. Yeah, gave it to me as a gift. No, uh, in a quick story, and you know, Mike, it's good you keep stepping up in front of the camera. So you can keep doing that. <laughs> I just, uh, I had to raise your volume. We, we really want to hear this. He's like a nose god. Uh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh man. We're well, having- you know, this is we're breaking balls, right? No, my. Uh, <laughs> When I was a kid, you know, you know how it was. I mean, in the 70s, there was like five teams on TV. Yeah. So my real father was always rooting for Dallas. And then, you know, uh, shit happens. They go there. My parents go their separate ways. So I'm like, okay, he's a Cowboy fan. I'm a Cowboy fan. So, you know, I just put everything into him. And I would call him up. I'd be like, yo, we just drafted Jim Jeffcoat. He's like, that's great. Put your mother on, right? Right. So when we lost on the catch, uh, against the Niners, the, you know, the first time um, in, in 82, whatever that was, I just called him crying. Right. And he's like, why you always tell me about the Niners? I mean, the Cowboys, I'm a Giants fan. Why you always tell me about, and I didn't realize at the time, but he had money, like he would, he was a degenerate gambler. So he was always right. betting on Dallas. Cause he'd be like, come on, let's go. Come on. We need Dallas. I just thought it was his team. I didn't know he had right. money on him. So I, I had put so much into the team that I just stuck with them. And I've never had another team other than Dallas. America's team, baby. But so if he, if he wasn't a gambler, I wouldn't be a Cowboys fan. That's hysterical. That's hysterical. You didn't know you were a kid. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't figure it out. He's just like, come on, let's go. We need Dallas. So he was always taking Ooh. Dallas. And in the seventies, they, you know, they covered. Right. I've been an on again, off again, Jets fan for as long as I can remember. Damn and Jets. I, I watched them last season. I'm like, is this the practice squad? Who, who are these guys? I, I, I didn't know anybody. Um, Dude, I've never wavered, man. That's you good. Know, I was a I, fan. And, and, and I grew up in the 80s, really. So, you know, I was, right. we didn't have, we didn't win anything. Like, even as a Yankees fan, we didn't win anything in the 80s. Right. You know what I mean? I just grew up when I was understanding football was about seven, I, I would say 1980 was like the first year 
that I was really understanding it. 79, I remember Stallback a little bit because I was just a kid. Right. Let me see, I was uh, seven. Right. So, you know, when I was about eight or nine, I really started understanding it. But like, I remember losing to uh, the Eagles because uh, Danny White went to three NFC championship games in a row. And I remember those, but as a Yankee fan, I didn't really get into the Yankees until like 82. Right. And, you know, Mattingly is my favorite Yankee of all time. Right. You know, if you're of my era, then, you know, that's, that's your squad, you know, know that's, that that was my guy. Growing up in New York, growing up in New York, I knew every Yankee play. Even if I wasn't a big baseball fan, of course, how do you not know every Yankee? But my grandfather was Mets because he he was a Brooklyn Uh, Dodgers. Yeah. My grandfather was 1988 Mets all the way. Right. It would be great if I know for a while they were trying to get the Mets and Jets to play on the West Highway of the West Side of Manhattan, but that got shit canned. That would have been great, just not being, you know. Well, in the '80s, the Mets won everything. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. like you know, if when we when I grew up in North Jersey, it was all Mets. Everybody was with the Mets. My grandfather liked the Mets. Well, you want, how are you on hockey? That's my sport. I'm a big Ranger fan. Uh, right now, dude. I mean, I again, I, I'm a fair weather hockey fan. Like it's never yeah, been no. football's my my sport. Um, I would go football, baseball, hockey, then basketball. Right. Okay. Um, but right now, I'm, 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 I've been a Knights fan since I moved to Vegas. I've been following them That's from the right. beginning. This could be their year. You I know. don't know, man. They they looking like crap last night, boy. They, well, they, I mean, the, the draft has changed in such a way. You look at a team like the New Jersey Devils when they came on, and then they just got pounded on for years. And there was a famous quote of. Uh, uh, and he since apologized when Wayne Gretzky called the Jersey Devils uh, a Mickey Mouse hockey club. That because they didn't get like to pick a player from each of the existing teams. So the, what do you call it? Vegas that first season had a nice freaking run. Well, they won, then they win. They won. They, oh, they went to the finals, right? They went to the final. What do you, as a team in the league for the first time? That's incredible. And they they got the flurries goal. And what I like about Vegas, uh, the Vegas Knights, is they're putting on that Vegas show before the games. Buddy, the games are phenomenal. If you go, right. you're you're in. It's it's, um, a, it's a show, you know, and and they and they 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 do it as a show. They got the the pregame, the postgame. It's incredible. I've seen it on TV. But I, I grew up a Devils fan because my my sister in law worked at the front office. But I never understood hockey. It's you know what it was to me, and and I still feel it a little bit now. I understand the game now, but it was the ice was so small that you really. Like you can't really see who the athletes are. And, 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 it, and it gives me a little bit of anxiety when they're trying to, everybody's trying to get the damn puck. Right. You know what I mean? But it's still exciting. But when I was a kid, again, when we would go to the Eagle, I mean, the Flyers and, and Devils games and just watch them beat the living shit out of each other. They just, right. all they did was fight. <laughs> Flyers were a nasty team. I hated them as a kid. And then like five years ago, I did a stand-up comedy show for them. And I'm like, I'm looking down at the flyers, looking at expecting to see all these players I hated, but they're all kids. I'm looking down at kids. I'm like, holy yeah, they're shit. mad young. Yeah, it was a Claude Giroux Foundation. But Dude, uh, uh, are you Islanders or uh, Rangers? I grew up a Ranger fan uh, on East in Eastern Long Island because my dad was a city cop and would bring us home hockey sticks. And we became Ranger fans. And my dad was like, we was a, a cop right by the garden. And it just kind of happened that way. And I went through hell as a kid in the 80s when the Islanders were winning the Stanley Cups. Yeah. They, I, I got tormented. I didn't have to wear a Ranger jersey. They knew. So I've been, I've been a lunatic fan since I'm a kid. And my dad almost threw me out of the house one time during the playoffs because I was freaking throwing the remote into the wall and putting holes in the wall. <laughs> I, I would have a bad, I used to get a bad, I have a bad, when it came to Rangers, I used to have a bad temper. There'd be holes in the wall. People would say, I don't want to watch the game with you. It's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> my ex-wife serious. used to say that. Right. That's what my wife used to say about me playing anything like uh, bowling. I take it excessive. I take lessons it's serious. She's like, it's not fun anymore. You're making it not fun. I'm, like, I'm trying <laughs> they, to get they, fucking good here. It's Because to, to them, that's not fun. Uh, to us, right. trying to win and compete is fun. Compete against ourselves sometimes, you know. Yeah, and, and, and not only that, you know, if even if you lose to somebody good, it, it's still not that it's great to lose but there's something in that as well where you're like all right i'm gonna i i, I want to beat it get you it gives you drive and focus right. and like you know i hate i'm one of those guys where i hate losing more than i like winning right does that make sense yeah, i feel like i've heard that bef- somewhere before in a movie but it, it makes total sense because the winning yeah. the winning seems to like like oh, i won or i got in this club as a comedian and all of a sudden like, three days later like oh i'm still not in this why ain't I in the Montreal Comedy Festival? 
<laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a total attitude. But I, I met Brett, uh, I think I probably met you about eight years ago when I opened for you at uh, the Stress Factory in New Jersey. Was it there? Or was, oh, yeah, no, it was Stress. That's right. right. I thought it was uh, Governor's. It was, no, it was Stress Factory in New Jersey. And I remember there was an audience member that was kind of going at you a little bit. And Vinnie Brand looked nervous as shit in the back. I'm like, what's the matter? He goes, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. You'll see, Brett. What do you see, Brett? And, you know, they came to, it was like you were, you were totally destroying the guy, but there came a moment like, oh my God, I think Brett's going to beat the fuck out of this guy. <laughs> no, I mean, dude, you know, sometimes you know how, how some guys can yeah. be disrespectful and, and it's oh, like, yeah. dude, just shut the fuck up, man. Right, right. You know, like if I, if you, it's funny how, how, trivial they think what we do is like first of all i always say fighting like boxing and stand-up comedy um men always think they could do it yeah there's nothing more annoying than being at a fight and watching some out of shape fat motherfucker going you're a pussy come on (laughs) right what the fuck you couldn't last three minutes without throwing up and right and 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 those are the guys we deal with in the audience. And, you know, this guy, Chris, yes, he's because his wife's laughing a little too hard. Right. Right. I see that <laughs> all the time. He's got the hard looking face. His wife's hysterical laughing. Everyone around him hysterical laughing. But he's sitting there with his legs stretched out with his arms folded like you ain't funny, motherfucker. Uh, you know what? Jer- especially the Jersey jerk off or the Guido. Uh, let's say fuck this guy. I bet I'd make I- more than him. Right, right. My detail in business. Fuck him. <laughs> dude, I had a guy in, in, at Gotham one night do that to me. Right? Oh, really? We talking. I said, yo, man, why don't you be quiet, dude? You know, if you don't, you know, first of all, if you got to explain the rules to a live performance or something, it's just the way people are raised. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 you're either just really drunk and then, you know, but it, it's never that. There's some psychological thing. It's like, especially when people... Uh, come up to you and they're like, am I supposed to know who you are? Like, they're just dick. Like, just yeah. fucking no, you're not. I don't know you just like you shouldn't know me. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like they're projecting that shit, but the dude yeah. was on stage and he's like, uh, he's like, I bet I make more than you. I go, well, how much you think I make a year? He's like, what will you make about two fifty? I go, you think I make that much? Fucking <laughs> 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 mind. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and I go, and even if I did, it's classless to say that. Then right. I asked him what he does, and, and he said uh, he was like a pharmacist or something. Right. And he made good money, but right. I go, did you? When you grow up, though, when you were growing up, did you play pharmacist? Right. With my <laughs> friends going, hey, let me give you my Flintstone chewable. I always wanted to do this shit. You fucking punk. Right. You know what I mean? So if if, if you're insecure about it, it, then you know that's on you. And then right. you know. I, it just that type of shit annoys me, man. It's just disrespectful. Yeah, and a, and a pharmacist is like educated. You would think it's like a union worker talking to you like that. Oh man. <laughs> well, you know what though? What's crazy is though is that you can I can. There's usually a person out now, a union worker, and again, some of those guys, people that that have earned what they have, it's like guys that have had their ass kicked. They're usually a lot more respectful. Yeah. Right. A guy that's never been punched in the face is a guy that just goes popping off, you know, who have never seen anybody like hurt really bad. Right. He needs, right. A, he needs a reality check. Yeah. That, that he, he's been going through life, you know, just right. around a bunch of guys that talk a lot of shit because, right. you know, I, I know. And, and it's always the guy that, you know, that, that tries to size you up or whatever. It's like, just yep. shut dude. It, it, it's, it's just really annoying. And, and you know, it's funny. Right. You'd think as you get older, you'd get over it. No, it's, it's, it's more about the respect. It's, it's more about just being disrespectful to right. another person. Like it, it, even when I was waiting tables and whatever job I did, I was never ashamed of it. Right. But because I always say there's three types of people. There are people that look at a janitor and would be like, oh, that guy's just a fucking janitor. Then you get the person that looks at the janitor and goes, oh, he's a janitor. Right. Then you get my ilk that's like, oh, that's my grandfather. Right. Uh, bro. I mean, or like you see authority in these types of positions because the people right. that raised you that you respected and looked up to were, were doing those types of positions, were laborers, right. whatever it be, you know? That's right. Even if, so if that's I'm doing why, it, you know, that respect comes from that. That's right. If, like, if I'm doing a theater gig, I find myself like talking to the stagehands and the people that work there. Because I, I know, listen, 
I'm no better than they are. And we're all in this fucking together where some people, they go, oh, do you know so-and-so? I'm like, yeah, I know who that is. They go, oh, they came in, they don't even talk to us. They locked their dress room. I'm like, really? They just, you know. You hear what? awful stories about like, it's just so. About famous people. And again, I'm not, I'm not, even people that are being nice just to, like a lot of actors do that. Like they pretend to be humble. Right. But, they, but by pretending to be humble, they're really not humble because right. they really think that they're above you. Like that's Oof. the person that goes, oh, it's a janitor. You know what I mean? Right. There's that, that, that's why I hate the term punching down. Like a lot of like woke comics say that, like you right. shouldn't do jokes that punch down. I go, okay. first of all, right. what you're telling me in that statement is that you think you're above people. Right. You only punch down if you think you're above. I'm throwing straight fucking jabs. That's right. And they respect I mean? that. That's how much I respect everybody. The audience, the audience will pick up on that and respect that. But it's just the mentality that these types of people have. It goes across yeah. the board, dude. But again, I think it's because I had no father and I was raised by my grandparents. Right. That I, that I, I have that type of mentality that I was around a lot of those, that World War II generation. I think it's That's a right. dead. I, I see a lot of dudes, man, that they, they have no, there's no code anymore. There's no, no there's I none of that shit, man. I, I didn't want to go down that avenue, but like watching the TV and watching these young kids getting in cops' faces and cursing at them. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you know, kids that were like born with silver spoons in their mouth and, and yelling at a cop who's been 30 years on the job, you should be ashamed of yourself. I'm like, oh, God. I and can't by the way, I guarantee you, if a street, like a real street dude, like a gangbanger or a biker right. or somebody slapped a chick in front of them, they wouldn't do a fucking thing. That's right. Wow. That's right. I'm afraid to step it up. Because they're 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 doing what they feel. It's it's even in, in genuine. It's not even genuine. They're they're, no, they're nowhere to be found now. Right, but you, you know. understand what I'm saying? Like they right. they they're, they're they're doing that to the cops because they know they can't be touched. That's right. But if they're around dudes that they know, if their life is literally on the line, right. And you know they don't do that shit. That's right. They look the other way. You see that all the time. You'll see a dude beating on a chick on 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 uh, Instagram or whatever, they'll share the video. All those dudes are standing there because they're afraid of the dude that's doing it. Right, right, or they're filming it. I'll tell you some weak shit I saw. I saw two guys uh, that were like maybe 28, 29. They right. got into it. I was watching them fight. And then the dude was running his mouth, everything. The guy smacked them. It was whatever it was. They, they right. it, it wasn't even that great of a fight. But the dude wanted to press charges. Right. And on top of that, he had tattoos and this oh. isn't a bit, but I'm like, you can't have tattoos and press charges. Right. That's good. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you can't be sleeved up and press fucking charges. Not mean? only that, nobody got hurt. It was playing. Right. Like you got more oh. than that in junior leagues. I know, but I know you, I think you and your brother used to bounce at a, a couple of bars, right? Uh, college bars, was it? If I remember correctly. I bounced in the city and then I right. bounced in Long Island for a minute, but I also had nightclubs in Miami. My little okay. brother never did that. Now no, I, I worked that shit back in the day. You'll appreciate this story then. Cause I was doing security. Like I had just gotten on Kevin's show, but they filmed the pilot and I was fucking broke. So my brother goes, come down to the bar. He ran security down in Port Jefferson on Long Island. It was like 12 guys four guys who would love to get involved with shit. So anytime I got a, a problem, I would go get them. But there was one kid, I was going to say kid, he's probably in his late 20s. He gets thrown out, right? He gets thrown out. Now he's pissed off. He, he, I don't know, maybe somebody tuned him up on the way out. He goes, I'll be back. Now, I'm thinking either A, the guy's going to come back with a posse and we're going to have a problem. He was serious. Or B, he's going to come back and shoot somebody, right? I'm like, oh, this guy. Or C, he's just talking shit. He's drunk. He's going to go home. The guy, you know, I, as God is my witness, the guy came back at 2 a.m. with his parents. <laughs> with his parents. And his parents' mother's like, I want to see the manager right now. Who put their hands on my son? Bro. And I remember the kids off to the side. Now, I'm a, I'm a mellow dude. I'm not getting involved. I'm like, bro, you brought your parents back? He what goes, the fuck? He's like, yeah, why? I'm like, you brought your parents back? He's like, he couldn't figure out. I'm like, dude, you brought, <laughs> God forbid any girl be interested in this place. They saw you come back with your with your parents hiding behind mommy, daddy. That's, that's, you got to do that on stage. Bro, he was, acting, was like, yeah, he was acting like an asshole. He was acting like an asshole. They said he was like grabbing asses inside. They warned him and they threw his ass out, you know, and, and he was, I think he hit a bounce on the way out. So he got tuned up on the way out. 
and he, he went home and brought his parents. I, you know, I've heard hold stories on. about, you know, I always say you're going to throw something. Oh, wait, hold on, ahead, Roach, but that's the, back in the 90s and the late 80s, that was the equivalent of, you know, you know who my father is, you know yes. who my uncle is, you uh, don't uh, want to do that. That's right. Right. That's by the way, that's how I always knew it was time to close. Whenever you right. heard, you know who my uncle is, you're like, right. okay, it's, it's, it's time to close, you know. That's right. Some jerk off guy dropping names. But now this kid's like, do you know who my mom and dad are? Right. You know who my mom and dad is? My mom works for the supervisor official of the town. Aha, I'm going to shut this place down. Everybody, everybody, whenever somebody gets thrown out, they're going to shut the place down. I'm going to shut the good, place though, is with the internet. Like, there was a judge. There's a couple. Remember that one woman that got pulled over by the trooper and was trying to throw her weight around, ended up losing yeah. her job? Yeah. Just film, that, just film her throwing her fucking weight around. Right. Whoever right. does that now. I mean, that's the only, that, that's the best way to play that one. Cause yeah. when we were growing up, I mean, again, when I was working the clubs, it was all fucking guys that, you know, new guys. And he always, there was always the guy dropping the name of, I know right. so-and-so I'm going to walk out of here. That, that was a Guido thing too. Right. No, I'm going to leave <laughs> and nobody put your hands on. Nobody fucking touch me. <laughs> like a gentleman. Nobody, <laughs> you put your hands on me. We're going to have a fucking problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just, you follow him out. He's where the guy's connected. Well, who is he? I don't know. He said he's connected. Brett, do you know uh, Fire Island, Ocean Beach? Yeah, I, I know of Fire Island, yeah, of course. So, so they used to have a 1 a.m. ferry. It was the drunk ferry. Yeah, and everyone that was going out went back. And, and in the recent, like, past three, four years, they actually shut down the 1 a.m. ferry because right. a bunch of guidos <laughs> were on there at 1 a.m. going, hey, who's, who's the captain of this boat? We're hijacking this boat and we're taking it to Staten Island. The next day, the next day, the town, the town of Ocean Beach wrote a letter and basically released it to the public saying the 1 a.m. ferry will never will be no longer. And please don't even try to bring it back because we're never going to do it. You can leave at 1130. Like the, like this is why we can't have nice things. Right. Yes. I worked at this one club. If, listen, I, I'll be honest, I was just working there. I was in shape, but I, I wanted to meet chicks, right? That's all, that's all why I was there. And the owner was the older guy. He was so good. He goes, no bachelor parties and no group of guys. He was very specific on that. One day, a couple of guys came in from Queens uh, onto Long Island, and, and they offered me $100 if they can get in. And like three guys, like four guys. I'm like, oh, fuck it. So I took $100, I let them in. An hour later, they're starting fights in the bar. And, yep. and the owner's like, who let this group of guys in? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But he knew. He knew groups of men together. When they don't, it comes a certain time in the night, like 2 a.m., 1.45. When they're not hooking up, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, they want to fight. It's going to be a problem. You know, I've, I've only really, in, in all the years of doing that, I've had maybe two or three altercations and that's it. Like, I was more of a talker and, you know, I diffused the situation. I, I mean, again, what... Or when there was a fight, you just let them roll around for a little bit. You, you, they right. get tired. Burn them off. And, let and then you just off. pick them up. And, you know, but I, I was more of like this, that, not the head of security, but I was at the front door and I would talk to kids. I was like 21, 22. Wow. I was never really a hothead. You know what I mean? I, it wasn't like I was that guy. And, and you know, I've seen, uh, I've seen, you know, so many altercations throughout the years that I've just witnessed. You can't, I don't give a shit how big you are, how small you are. Uh, it doesn't matter, right? Nope. Where did you bounce uh, but, on Long Island, can I ask? Excuse me? Where did you bounce on Long Island? I worked at Spratt's for a little bit. Oh, that's Long, wasn't that Long Beach? Is that Long no, Beach? No, the one in Westbury. Westbury. Oh, Westbury oh. Spratt's. Jason that was Spratt. years and years ago. And I worked with a couple of guys there, but that wasn't really the majority of it. And then I would work at, uh, I would get jobs around from other people. What I really worked in South Florida is when I was in the nightclub business and I had an after hours as well. Right. But, you know, look, you, you weed them out. I remember in the, again, early 90s, there was the three groups you would always see outside, Black people, Puerto Ricans, and Italians. <laughs> they would always be like, you know, nah, your pants are back. Like, they would never let the attack. We're always out front going, come on, what do you mean? He's a $400 jeans. Because <laughs> they know there was going to be a fucking problem. Like, yeah, you know, there was right. always, you could just... <laughs> And the brothers and the Puerto Ricans and the left are outside with the Italians going, come on. Right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, I was in like the May. I remember, uh, was it Marquis? Was it the, was the club in, in Manhattan? I've been to Marquis. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it was Marquis. I, I showed up and my buddies were working the front. 
and I had two guys with me and uh, there was like a, um, it was like a, uh, a transvestite that worked the front door or something. Right. Uh, and she was deciding if we were coming in right. and my buddy talked to her and then she, wow. she looked over, looked at me, looked at my friend, looked at my other friend and just went like this. Wow. <laughs> you can get trouble doing that now. What the fuck? And I go to right. my other friend, it's because we brought him. Right. He looks like he's going to be a dick, which he is a dick. <laughs> right. Right. We're fine. <laughs> that, that's, why, that, that's why a lot of clubs would say no sneakers, uh, yeah. no ripped jeans, because they, they, they look for an excuse. Like you could have sneakers, but if you're cool, you're with a couple of girls, they'll let you in. But if it's, if all of a sudden they see a guy with three other guys, sorry, no sneakers guy. Yeah, right. no, you can't do that. And, but see, if, for us, we used to do 25 and older for men. 25 and older, that was, that was and yet, a good one. And you had to have, you know, that you know, you know, you had to come in and you, you didn't want to, because again, it, you know, it, it is what it is. But it, it, the real problem is the, the insurance. Like if, you, if you're ever running a nightclub, that insurance yeah. is sky high, man. Right. Now, the problem with younger girls is that they get really fucked up. Right. So yeah. now I remember there was a GHB thing going on. At I remember that. Yeah. where the insurance companies like there were girls that were taking ghb and and you know passing out and we had to look out for that shit and our insurance company was going to drop right. us because we had like four cases in the club right and then they raised the rates and you're like motherfucker man you know it, it's it's uh you know it's an interesting i would I, I never partied i never drank i still really right. don't and i've never I like and not that it matters i've never smoked pot i've never done any drugs nothing i've right. always just been in that business for a while until I got into comedy, you know? How long have you been stand-up now? 24 years. Shit, you started young, right? You, how old were you when you started? Uh, 24. Jeez. Now, I remember when I was watching, when I first saw you on Cobra Kai, first of all, I didn't even know that you got the part. I'm like, holy fuck, that's Fred Ernst. And then there was a scene I'm watching with my wife and uh, who's, I think you, you, are, you and two other guys are going up against... Uh, I keep forgetting the guy, the blonde guy. Yeah, uh, Billy. Um, What's his name? Billy Zapka, but Johnny. Zapka. And he fights you three, but I'm, I'm saying to myself, I said to my wife, Fred Aaron's going to kick the shit on all three of those guys. And I remember telling you that, and you're like, oh, he's a black belt. He's No, Zapka. I couldn't beat Billy. I couldn't beat those guys. Those guys are all trash. <laughs> right. I didn't, know, I, didn't, I didn't know that he was that uh, efficient in karate, but man, I get that fucking show. When I, I actually watched the... Uh, the uh, the showing of the pilot in here on Long Island with um, Machio's family in a, in a movie theater. I got invited. Somebody invited me, and Ralph's wife was there. Because I got to know Ralph on uh, uh, Kevin Kuwait. He played like a, he played a landlord that Kevin was always bumping heads with. And me, let me tell you, man, I walked right by him in, in hair and makeup. And I'm like, man, that guy looks fucking familiar. And I said to one of the girls, I'm like, who is that? And they go, that's Ralph Machio. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. What a cool dude. Yeah, he's great, man. I was I met him first time I met him was on Beer League. And then oh. uh, and then I uh we we recon like but we hung out on the set a little bit. Right. Uh just one of the great I'm, I mean I'm not just saying that. This is the best show I've ever worked on. Right. That's awesome. I was gonna man. get back to the security stuff. You know what my favorite yeah, good. this is my favorite <laughs> when they used to get all amped up, I'd be like, You think you could fuck me? Yeah, I think you think you could fuck me up. Right. And, and right. Be, yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, then why fight? Right. Right. Then you gotta make them think. How about we do this? You know, and then I'd be like, how about you calm down? I'll take it to right. a second. You know what I mean? And then you just right. keep calm and, and you talk to them and say, look, tonight's not gonna happen. Right. We'll come back another night. And if you do this again, we're gonna bang you, but I'll let you in again. Right. It just Rebel depends on, on how bad because you know it's usually it's usually if you separate everybody, you could talk to them. Like I, that was my other problem too, where the bouncers that worked that were that would work with me that thought they were tough guys. You know? Oh yeah. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Right. You 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 don't you're not you work. You, you know this isn't your job is not to fuck these people up. Your job right. is to take them out. Right. Every once in a while, you get a guy that will go overboard, and, and they will let him disappear out the back door uh, because you know you can get sued. Listen, you you can get sued today. Uh, I saw a bouncer when I was younger, big, big motherfucker out in the Hamptons, picked the kid up by his feet and was trying to stuff him into a garbage can. And I'm not saying, okay, it's funny and all, but. What does this got to do with taking the kid out? Right. right. It's right. funny and all, but he's this little kid can come back with a gun. Nobody's going to, nobody can stop a bullet. 
But again, it's about respect. It's not even respect, about respect. Yes. You don't it, look, it, you're right. I mean, if you put your hands on the wrong guy, especially yeah. back then, there's going to be a fucking problem. Right. And it's something that if you go too far, it can't be rectified. I mean, it's not like that anymore, but you know what I mean? Back then it was, it was, that's all there was. Yep. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't, it was, it could be, it could end up bad, but just to having a respect, why would you do that to another human being? Try and put him in a garbage can. for No, this guy was definitely juiced up too. He had those traps. He was tremendous. And I that's was what like, I mean though, but that, that's the type of dude that, you know, that right. worked for me. There was, there was a, 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 I don't know if you remember, uh, well, no, you're too young to remember. There was a famous club on Long Island called Chevy's and something like that happened where somebody came back and, and shot and killed the bouncer right here in Bayshore. Uh, so was yeah, Main Street? people, I, you know, yeah, but people, right. people get themselves thrown out. You didn't throw them out. They got themselves thrown out. And uh, yeah, I think I was, a, there was a club called Spit on Long Island. It was a rock club and this guy wanted to fight me, but I saw the way, this is when I was in my 20s. My parents went there. I, well, right. They met at Spit. They met at Uncle Sam's. Uncle Sam's was, the same club. Right, 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 right. But I saw the way the bounds used to throw people out. Nobody left on their feet. That's all I'll say. And this one guy was, he looked like he was going to be a dick. I'm like, listen, we can go outside and fight. Uh, we fight here. The bounce is going to kick the shit out of us. How about we do a shot instead? He's like, all right, all right. We did <laughs> I, I do. It's so good. Like right now, being in your 40s, it's, it's like for me at least, it would be embarrassing if I got in an altercation, right? So, right, <laughs> right. And, you know, a lot of people think I'm younger than I am, but uh, I'm not. And my, my shoulder hurts from doing this. There's no yeah. fucking way I'm rolling around on the concrete. You got good hair, Brad. You got good hair. My hair. Um, no, <laughs> what well, touched my hair? My hair. You know what? I, I, I know. I, I knew you'd crap all over it. <laughs> I was just watching it the other day. I got a raise. I knew you'd crap all over it. <laughs> my hair. Yeah. That's why Dice did that when he was falling off the building in Fort Fairlane. Right. Remember? They're like, ah, ah, and you see him going, my hair. As he's yeah, going. yeah. <laughs> he's great. Did you ever work with Dice? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I worked with him once. I thought the greatest part, Brett, was at the end of the show when everybody left and he was chilling out and the character went away and you were just talking to him. He was such a good dude. He was telling me, he's like, you gotta, you need to, you need to find a hook. You need to find a hook. I'm like, you know, he was really talking to me. I was like, oh, this is cool. He's not the guy that I met when I first came in. He chilled out, you know, but listen, I've known him. I've known him a long, long time. Uh, I went to his kids bar mitzvahs. Um, he's Shit. one of the greatest guys. You know, I, I have a great dice story as a comic, which, you know, this is why I love being at the comedy store and uh, is because, well, you, you, not that you, you're just around all these great comedians. You know right. what I mean? It's the same thing at the cellar, right. but uh, the night, the show goes continuously. And I remember Dice, uh, I had just got past there and I'd got my first main room spot, which was like sold out. It was prime real estate that night. And uh, I had earned my way for like two years. I was in the original room right after like Rogan or Eddie Griffin would do like two hours or like Rogan and Mitzi would put me on at 1215 every Tuesday. And I got that one spot for like, so, you know, you, you, you work your way in and then I got this main room spot and Dice was always cool with me, but he's like, you got to do me a favor. Now I sound like Travolta. <laughs> if, if it sounds like Travolta, he's like, you got to do me a favor, man. He goes, you got to do, you got to do Tony. Oh. I love Tony. It's the greatest thing. And there's this roller skating bit I do about this guy oh, that's like 30. Yeah, right. That's another thing about you, bro. You, you want to taught me to stay in the pocket when I'm writing, stay in. Cause you have not, not only the rolling skate. How, how long is that roller skating bit? It's like <laughs> Fucking five minutes. Well, that's not your longest bit. That one when you're driving with your wife is like a 40-minute fucking bit. Well, but the thing is, is that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not a writer, though. I'm not a good writer. So, I, you know, I, I talk a lot. Like, you right. know, I'm a story. So it's going to take, it's, it's, it's going to be a long bit. But you know what I'm saying? It's not like I have jokes that, that I can just say. Yeah. Um, but Dice was part of this, man. And this is actually <laughs> is part of it with the staying in the pocket thing. So, right. and I didn't realize it at the time. So he goes, you got to do me a favor. He's like, you, you just go up and talk about Tony for like 14 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and then, then do the roller skating bit. It'll be fucking great. 
And of course, you know, it's dice and I'm, I'm still new at the store and I really wanted to do my set, but I, I didn't want to let him down. Right. So basically it's sold out. I go on stage, they put a spotlight on me and I start talking about Tony oh. and I have to wing it. I'm doing this monologue about Tony, this Tony guy. Mandela. I was like, when I was growing up, there was this guy. And then you start getting it to his parents and I started, you know, naturally making things laugh, but I was just, You're nobody was right. really laughing. You're and right. all I hear in the back is dice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laughing. So then when I got into the bit that the part that I knew, it fucking did like, I, it, it really did well. I hate using the word crush, but it did really well. Right. I didn't realize it until two or three years later that dice gave me insight into the way he does stand up, And it's about commitment. It's about committing and not getting out of it. So the fact that I had to commit to this monologue for 14 minutes and fucking improv it, I think it was 12. I think I did 12 and then just got into the bit because like I pulled the, you know, I was like off by like 14 minutes and 50 seconds when it got to the fucking part, you know? Um, But that was what I learned from him. And it was such a valuable thing. I didn't realize it at the time until a few years later watching him commit. Dude, he is so fucking brilliant with the way he keeps going and going. And people, if you don't get it, you're like, this guy's fucking enough. But if you get it, it's like Andy Kaufman-esque. Yes. Well, he'll adjust the mic for like six minutes. Yeah. The crowd, and he'll be like. (laughs) 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 Right? Like five fucking minutes of doing nothing, but this way, and the audience is like, what the fuck is he doing? Do you feel and comics like, are dying. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the comics are always in the back because we get it. Yeah, we get we, it. I love what he's doing. Do you feel like uh, most of your writing happens on stage? Do you put pen to paper a lot or no? Hundred percent on stage. Hundred percent on stage. Wow, that's the way. You know, that's that takes. Uh, there's a there's a level of fearlessness. I always feel that takes for that when that magic no, happens just, on stage. It's just a lot of comics do that. It's not fearless. It's you know, it's just how it's a system of of how it works. You know, it's it's right. like. You just develop it after, you know, 24 years of doing something. You're like, right. okay, this is the system. You know, it's just the way you, you, you work. Yeah. It's so funny. Like I look at guys that write and be like, God, I wish I was that clever or that smart. Right. Yeah. Like guys that write are like, God, I wish I could tell more of those stories or, you know, right. it's always one or the other, but right. you either fall into one or two categories, either oh. OCD or ADHD. See the one right. of the two. That's funny. <laughs> it's funny. I always look at like crowd work guys, like, man, those guys are good. How do they do that? They go into the crowd. And then, meanwhile, sometimes when, if I talk to somebody in the crowd, I'm like, oh, God, I hope this is going to go good. And, you know, sometimes the, it, it's just magic. It happens. Somebody will say something funny and you'll be able to riff. But sometimes the people, like, I've been trying to get better at crowd work. I have a bit on ancestry DNA. And, and I ask the crowd, anybody doing ancestry, ancestry DNA? And nobody answers. I'm like, oh, fuck, I guess this bit's over. <laughs> <laughs> dude you have some and you have as a comic you have some really funny in the moment uh moments i've watched yeah. a bunch of times i watch like if something's going the way you don't want it and you're in the moment yeah the way you flip it it's fucking great yeah i'll call it i'll call it yeah it. yeah yeah because yeah. if it's if it's embarrassing i'm gonna let them know i'm embarrassed and uh, it's just uh this is fucking awkward sometimes i'll do a joke that don't work and I record everything on my cell phone and I'll be like, I'll pick up the phone. I'm like, don't ever do that in New Jersey again. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love is I would leave my recorder when I was starting out in the back. Yeah. You'd go home and listen to it. You hear your friends. Your friends on it. Yes. Awful. You're the worst. <laughs> I used to love that. Yeah. And you try to listen That's to it. Dude, I, I tell everybody, man, I, I love our community, bro. It's great. Oh, it's so much fun, man. It's like, that's why, you know, being married didn't work out for me. You have to go out with regular people and listen to their fucking boring ass conversations. And you're just like, oh yeah. uh Right. You know, it's just (laughs) awful about small talk and the weather. Ooh, fuck. It's awful. It wasn't until I started stand-up comedy. I'm like, I'm not alone. There's other people like me. And even like when you're in a bad mood, somebody in your family could pass. I remember my mom passed and the next day I'm at the club and they're making, it's like they wouldn't let me be sad. They're making fun of me. And then somebody said, come on, how long are you going to drag this mom stuff out? (laughs) 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 But that's a comedian. I know, I know why he's doing it. Trying to make me laugh. And uh, I, 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 when I used to do the joke about my, (laughs) 
my father dying, you know, and I would say, I remember one time I was at the comedy store and I was like, yeah, because my brother died young. My father died young. I'm like, yeah, I'm like the first guy to live past 38. And then I hear people clap like, you know, oh, they're dead, right. like clapping for them being dead. Right. It was sorry in them. And then you just start laughing. You know what? Somebody'd be like, yeah. So my father died when I was young. And then they, then they covered they the, the wrong spot. They covered the wrong spot. You guys really oh, you're fucking dying laughing. Right. Dude, that, that's what I'm saying, man. I, I, it's it, The thing with comics, too, is we, if you, we take what we do seriously because of the, the the shit that we that puts into it. Like people have no idea what it takes just to get five minutes when you're coming up, or what it takes to even get a a, a, a feature spot. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. that's we take what we do seriously, but we don't take us seriously. At least my friends don't. No, you can't. I, I can't. I can't be around people like that serious people i like to be around guys and to fuck around and there's one friend of mine a comedian friend of mine that you know on long island we all fuck with each other especially when i like when you do a gig uh like a theater gig with four or five of your friends and now we're all just fucking around and we do things like we walk one guy's on stage the other guy walks behind him with a broom and starts sweeping up stuff like that but my friend did it to a guy upstate new york who wasn't used to it and the guy was furious called the booker i never want to work with this guy again i'm like oh come on dude but he doesn't some people don't have that uh, that camaraderie that's what now, I do, you, do you think it's just our region though because there is it's a fucked up region man i new mean Jer like it, yes new york new jersey boston philly yeah I mean, come on. right philly it's, to boston it, i say yeah the sense of humor is a little fucked up because i i remember when i did a show on mtv i, I hosted wrestling for one year right it was called Wrestling Society X. We were the number one rated show in MTV history for men from like 15 to 30, right? It was on MTV one, two, and, and, and Latino MTV. We ended up getting cut because they changed all the formats. You know, that's, they went away from everything. But right. the only other show with that demographic was Beavis and Butthead, right? Yeah, which I love. But here's the cool part. It failed miserably with women. Except in the New York, New Jersey, Philly, and Boston area. That's fucking great. Like the women and the men were on board on the same fucking shit. And it's true. It's, I mean, like, our, I'll put our girl's sense of humor up with anybody, man. 100%. I was taught as a younger comic when I first started up, they said, when you go out to the Midwest, they go, they don't get your sarcasm. They said, we have a sarcasm that when you leave the tri-state area of Philly, yeah. Uh, they don't get it like you'll make a joke about your dad or something like that in the in the midwest and they'll be like why are you making fun of your dad that's not funny you know and it's a, it's a joke you know well they I, I remember and this was recently i was up in minnesota and it, you know because of covid they got to let you in the hotel i got my fucking bag i got my my merch bag i got my my computer bag and i'm standing in the front and the guy on the intercom goes hey can i help you and i'm like Oh uh, yeah, I'm selling luggage. Help me! I'm fucking checking in, guy. <laughs> like you can't tell, but then right. he was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, we don't." Uh, and I'm and I, he really took that seriously. Another right. time, um, I was when I was going into um, the casinos in like Omaha, Nebraska area. I can't think of the name of the casino. The oh. girl checking me in. She's like, "I know you. You look like a, a TV actor. Who do people tell you you look like?" And I said, I, I, Shaq. <laughs> She's like, who would say that? Like, right. you're like, oh, fuck, this is going to be a long weekend. Right. <laughs> you know, one more thing, the violent sarcasm, they don't get either. So right. this was in Iowa. I was at the Funny Bone. I was staying at a hotel and there was like a chicken wing. There wasn't much to go eat. It was like at a microtel. So I walk over to this bar and they're doing karaoke and it's just fucking God awful, right? So the waitress comes to me and she goes, uh, she goes, can I get you anything else? I said, yeah, can you get me some extra blue cheese and a gun? Cause I really want to fucking kill myself or shoot her. This is awful. And I mean, <laughs> they call the cops. No, she was just like, you know what? That's not funny. And oh. she's really trying. And I guess oh. I'm like, do you know her? God. I'm sorry if you know her. She's like, I don't know her. Then I'm like, Oh, fuck you then. 
No, you can't. They, it was you a ten dollar tip on twenty on on twenty dollars, lady. Right. You can't. You can't joke around. I, no, as a Guido, now you're only getting ten on twenty. <laughs> you would have got forty dollars on ten. You should have went with it. You should have You should have went with it. She probably thought you really wanted the fucking shooter, dude. Just uh, yeah. So man. We actually had a list of things we were talking about, but I think we, you, you actually just jumped into all of them, covered them all, bro. Worked with Vince Vaughn. Oh, we didn't talk about it. You worked with Vince Vaughn, Wild West Comedy Tour. So you know Sebastian? You worked with Sebastian? Yeah, Sebast- Sebastian's one of my best friends. Too. He's a, he's a, oh man, hey, I got right to here, work. Actually, there's, the, there's the movie poster. Was that of the Wild West? Yeah, there it is. Oh, gonna, look at that. Bro, I was going to ask you, is that Rip Torn? Where? Right, right by your finger with the suit from here. It looks like Rip Torn right there. Oh, that's uh, John Favreau. He just had, he just. Oh, oh. oh I love the chef, God, man. Bro, I love the work with Favreau. Holy that's, shit. There's Sebastian. There's Peter B. That's uh, Peter Billings from Christmas Story. Okay, yeah, yeah. Viz, John Caparulo, Dwight Yoakam, Justin Long, Ahmed Ahmed, Kira O'Donnell, me. I thought he was going to do a second tour. That was, man, a lot, a lot of guys. Uh, blew up from that would you say that helped out a lot of guys careers um i mean you know unfortunately at that time was the writer strike so we couldn't really promote it it was it was a major theatrical release but you know we honored the strike and and you know it didn't really do as well in the theaters it didn't do well at all actually um but it did great on like hbo and all that other stuff right right but see this i always get like well this again then this is signed by like all the guys and girls at cobra kai that's awesome that i work with that show, that's awesome. That show's so fucking good. Just the way they they did. They I always say they just did it right. They brought everyone back. You're like, oh, I want the thing to bring this guy back. Even when the uh, Daniel Russo fought his nemesis, that one guy and the guy goes, honks his nose. I'm like, yeah. that was fucking brilliant. It's like he waited 30 years for that <laughs> moment. It was yes, it was brilliant. And uh, man, that's so. What else? Anything you want? You got. I know your your first album went uh, top ten iTunes American comic. What else you got going? I think we we can promote for you with our. Um, well, one thing you don't want to promote, but I'll, I'll say it anyways. But uh, I'm on the Cowboys uh, SB Nation. I do a podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. There you go. Oh, great, man, bro. That's awesome. It's actually, do it. It's actually called Jersey Boys, and it's all right. Three guys. Oh, it's me and my brother, and and <laughs> this kid uh, Sturgio. Uh, little starch we call them but uh jersey boys we're all cowboy fans from uh from uh jersey from jersey yes yeah, so, right. uh, we're doing you know it's 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 pretty niche but it's something i love to talk about and do oh i want to bring back my hockey podcast i did two these two seasons comedians on hockey and we were having players call in like dave uh what uh, tiger schultz from uh the flies called in and brian prop and it was i loved it I was supposed to do a Long Island, uh, excuse me, a New York hockey podcast. It was going to be me, Ron Duguay from the Rangers, and Rick DiPietro from the Islanders. Still, we're trying to work that out. Maybe that'll happen. But, yeah, when you get to talk about yeah, something you love, it's, it's just great. Well, it's weird because, like, this kid, David Sturcio, called me, and he has a podcast network, too. He actually has uh, Palumbo's on his on his network. Palumbo? Yeah, the comedian. Oh, Jimmy, okay. Uh, Palumbo. What's his um, but then Dave hit me up to, to do uh, an interview. And, you know, I, I realized he was a Cowboys fan and my little brother is like rain man when it comes to this stuff. So we just decided to do a podcast and it's been going really well, man. I mean, you know, look, it's something I love to do. I love sports and I love the Cowboys and um, I love uh, football. So, I mean, we're just killing time for me till football season. I, I'm, I know, bro. You know, that's why I got into the, to the nights. I'm like, all right, let me, let me pick something. Yeah, I was trying to get into the Mets. I was going to the Mets with, with uh, Kevin and his brother when the show was on. And I'm like, I'm like this was, that was my first real baseball game. I never went to a live baseball game. Maybe my dad took me to one, but uh, <laughs> it was a lot. I, I enjoyed watching it in person where on TV, I'm like, ah, I can't watch it. I would always watch the Yankees or Mets if they made it into the playoffs. That was exciting. There was an energy. Same thing so with basketball, too. I can't get into basketball unless it's playoffs. But uh but hockey. I'll tell you though, uh, Gary, uh, his brother, man. I remember watching him as a, as a young comic and was just in awe of him. Oh, he's a great comic. I Very saw him at the Ice House one time, and and I mean, I was just from start to finish. I'm like, wow, man. Oh, he's one of those guys that can go material, crowd work, weave in and out. Yeah. And uh, very underrated. And as an act, when I would do scenes with him, I couldn't look him in the eye. 
because he made me break out hysterical laughing. He's just so his timing, he's just so freaking good and so underrated, man. What a great dude. But um, all right, brother. I really appreciate uh, spending this time with us, man. Thanks, man. It's, it's gonna be 20 minutes. This is fucking awesome. Who knew we'd be talking about working in nightclubs all this time? <laughs> I'm bouncing. I used yeah. to I used to I used to wear glasses and earrings and the head bounce would be like, oh take those off. I'm like, yeah, all right. And I left them on. I just wanted to look good for the women. I knew who the guys who wanted to get involved. Get your ear and ripped out of your fucking ear. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's it was all about getting the ladies. Like I said, dude, I, there was very few confrontations that I was in, and if I was, it was just because it was like a twenty on twenty, and we we're just pulling people off. I, I, right. I was never that guy. It's good though. You know what I mean. Use that verbal judo, as they used to say. Verbal yeah, judo. you know what are we gonna do? I got a fucking suit on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break my suit. <laughs> right, it's true. I'm gonna you break I mean? my suit. <laughs> fucking have to watch it. <laughs> what? I'm gonna break my suit. I like that. I'm gonna. What am I gonna break my suit? What that? Remember that's from. Uh, Don't break that? the jacket. It was uh, Paulie said that to Rocky. Remember, he's like, "You're gonna break the jacket." Oh yeah, <laughs> he had the best lines. That guy. Oh, dude, Paulie was the best. It's the fittest little survival. He had the best line. He could have been the worst brother in the history of brothers, though. Oh, he was awful. I awful got the brother through the turkey. Go, you want the bird? Get the bird. Right. The alley. She's right. cooking all day. You're busted. You're busted. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. My sister really likes you. Remember what the fucking heck? Yes. Well, dude, hopefully, man, I'll be back in Governor's, man. Soon, yeah, so oh, I'm gonna, I'll definitely talk to them tonight, bro. And uh, I can't wait to see more of you on uh, Cobra Kai's comeback third season, right? Yeah, no, fourth. Fourth, Jesus Christ, four seasons already? I'm all caught up. I know that. No, I'm no, all no. caught up. Three, there's been three seasons. We just wrapped, we wrapped on the fourth. It's supposed to premiere at the end of December. Right. Season and it started, it started on YouTube Red. Now, where is it? Is it still on? Uh, I can't remember where I watched season three. I, I, Netflix. I yeah, binge, Netflix. I binge watched that with my wife. Who's like, when you binge watch stuff, you're depressed when it's over. Right. I binge watched the whole series. It's like you lose a family member. Or something. <laughs> I would say in all of, I mean, obviously to me, and and it's not just because I'm biased, but I think Sopranos was the greatest TV ever. Absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I love The Wire. Um, but binge watching and being was Game of Thrones. I just, I, I have never been. Uh, dude, it was it was it was one of the best shows I've ever seen, and then the last season just made it the most ridiculous, stupid fucking show ever. Mm-hmm. They just yeah, they let you. I don't like that one. Of course, you hate it when a show lets you down, especially at the end. Uh, a show that's coming back that was a great show that died at the end was Dexter. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that show that. gave me anxiety though. Like it, it made me feel claustrophobic. Like he was always going to get caught. Yes, you're always anxious. After a while, it's like the zombie one too, man. I got into it, but oh, Walking Dead. We have to get here now without, and it just became the same. I'm always like, yeah. I always say to my wife when I watch a show, all these zombies would have decomposed by now. They don't be. (laughs) How are they still intact? And also, how am I supposed to get my anxiety meds? What the fuck? That's what that's what uh, the apocalypse is going to be. Everything shuts down. We can't get our medications. A medication. A medication. Medication. You're a good boy, Brad. You're a good boy. Thank you. All right, brother. <laughs> I think we're good. Listen, I think so. I'm still getting new with this interviewing shit. I, I'm horrible yeah. starting them and I'm horrible finishing them. Yeah, All right, uh, say, Brad. They, yeah, there you go. Just yeah. that, you know, it's you kind of want... like kind of like your set where you, you yeah. can't close. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, that was uh, Brett. Uh, you want to promote anything? Your website, uh, Brett? Uh, your, your half hour comedy special on uh, Comedy Central. Roll uh, Brett Comedy. That's that's the website. Go to Brett Comedy. Brett, Brett. with one T. Comedy Also, you gotta Google Brett Ernst. If they want to see a roll skating bit, what's the quickest way to get to it? Is it on your website? It's on my it's on my YouTube page. Yeah, just put in my name and roller skating. It's at like eight million views now, man. Shit. Or no, it's ten million now. Wow. You but my hour special they can watch for free now. That's at like three and a half million views. Wait, that's wait. been that's been picking up a lot. Now what's your hour special called? Principal's office. Principal's office, and they where can they see that? Go to Brett Comedy, Brett with one T Comedy dot com. Is, is it just audio? No, it's a it's a I shot it. Well, let me see. I, I, I said get get it through your website. 
And no, just uh, go to my YouTube page. It's, it's there. Does it got it's that, online. Does it got that driving in the car with your wife bit? No, that I just oh. shot. That I shot before COVID. And That's I'm releasing that. I, I just, we'll talk about this off air, but the way I set All up right. my, uh, my little distribution model, I, I kind of thought outside the box and it, it ended up being very uh, lucrative. Well, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. I, I'm, I have so much respect for all these guys. I see them making their own way. Mm-hmm. It used to be back in the day as comedians, they would say funny can't hide. They, networks would send people out to comedy clubs. Let's build a show around this guy. Now you got to make your own way. And that's what you're doing. I, I mean, love listen, the, guy. the biggest problem I have, the, some of the, in, the, the most innovative people in standup are my generation of comics. And the most antiquated people in standup are my generation of comics. You know, they, they don't fight this. This isn't, this isn't even a question anymore. This yeah. is where the industry is. Any, this is the best time to be an artist right now. Nobody's going to make you a star anymore. It doesn't work. No, you, look at this guy, uh, the guy we had, our last guest, Anthony Rodia. The guy's killing it, selling out clubs across the hunt, country. He's doing the Venetian. All started when he did some YouTube videos of his Italian mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that keeps blowing up. He's yeah. killing it. And, and uh, well, Andrew Schultz. Right. Made his own way. I'm, I'm all you guys interviewed Schultz yet? No, I would love to. Oh, I'd love to. That kid's so funny. I had to follow him a couple times in the trip. I'm like, holy shit, he's so funny. Yeah, Schultz is great, man. Killer I'm ass. really proud of. I'm really proud of what comedy has become right now. You know, it's it's. Yeah. I I know it's not. What what you're seeing on TV, what what they're trying to push to the public is they can't. You can't sell garbage anymore. I mean, they can. They can produce whatever they want. It doesn't mean people are buying tickets to the shows and going to see that. When you're looking at some of the top grossing com- comedians, I mean, even what Schultz did, Schultz did it without the industry. The industry came to him. Sebastian did it without the industry. The industry came to him. I mean, even Bill Burr with his podcast and doing and do, going viral with the Philly thing. Right. Then they come to, it's, it's isn't a, uh, it's not brain surgery, man. It's just the old school fucking work ethic. Just put the work in. But work smart. You know right. what I mean? Well, that's why I, I'm just watching guys, again, guys like you, Rodia. I think who's the first guy you've probably seen doing it? Like maybe uh, Louis C.K. was one of the first no, guys? I was the first to do what I did. And I know that. Okay. Because actually, me and Schultz had a conversation about it. And, you know, it wasn't like we, we were sharing information almost. Like right. I fucked up because I released the whole hour for free. And I remember okay. I, I, we were in LA and I was taking Schultz back to where he was staying. Uh, Cause we were at the improv and we had the conversation. He's like, bro, that's brilliant. And then, it, but he was already on this thing. Yeah. Like I was listening to him. He kind of motivated me to release it for free. And Ari Shafir, the same thing. Burr, Burr oh, the same thing. Burr was like, bro, just put it out, man. Brilliant. Like, look, I know we're, we're, this is the Italian goodbye, by the way, 20 fucking minutes. <laughs> I'll be following you. I'll be following you to the car with the cool whip container with the meatball. Hey, you kissed me already. And 18 times. Um, <laughs> this is the best time to be an artist. And and I love this saying, but it's I don't need permission to exist. I already exist. Now you're there's there's marketing and there's product awareness. If you have a product that you're proud of, just you got to get people aware of it. You market shit, right? You put up posters for something that's above average that people are going to go to be like, ah, when you have a product that you're proud of and you just put it the fuck out there, man, and just right. let it sit and then move on to the next thing. So right. if, if it, right now, if, if you want to burn a half hour worth of material, you have an outlet to do that. I mean, what Comedy Central is not doing half hours anymore. People are sleeping on, on what the great comedy is. That's the other thing that's great too, man, is the 20 somethings are special. The millennials, they dropped the ball, right? But the 20-somethings grew up on podcasts. The 20-somethings, they're, they're really into stand-up. That's why Skankfest was phenomenal. It was like a rock. St- when Louie came back, people were going nuts. It's all young kids. Like, I was in Austin. I've been in Austin almost two weeks in a row. The young, they, they get comedy. What's it, Moon Tower or something like that? Well, that's their festival, but I'm just down. I was there performing okay. at the promo room, and then I did the Vulcan. And then um, the one, the, the Baron Creek, what's it called? That was in New York for a Creek while. Creek in the Cave. Creek, Creek in the Cave. cave. Uh, great room. Um, yeah, it's a fucking great room. But there's a young, booming scene there because right. 
younger people really understand and love comedy. Same here in Vegas. It's great. You get a lot of young people that go, and it's, but comedy is meant to be underground. It's punk rock. Yeah. I don't, Hell I yeah. It sounds like something Nick DiPaolo told me once about that. Something similar. What was that? Like Nick, Nick DiPaolo, like, even like, he never liked to shake hands after his shows. He goes, no, comedy. There's a mystique about comedy, the comedians, like like you're kind of like, like this underground thing. You don't want to like let them peek behind the curtain, so to speak. You, you don't go out and shake hands. So, you know, you know people, that's for me. Huh? That's for me and Nick are different. I'm out having drinks at the bar with everybody. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey, how's everybody doing? We're going to do shots? Let's hey, go. No, buy my t-shirt, have a shot. Hey. hey. How you doing? God bless. Knock on wood. Give your mother my love. <laughs> that's great <laughs> well listen i gotta jump in the shower man i got a show oh somebody's gotta end the show appreciate it but where are you working tonight you're, you I, you're, you're i got a two-night residency here in vegas so every tuesday and wednesday i i'm at the la comedy club at the strat got a residency which i affectionately call the newark <laughs> what, what, uh, listen what, what is strat the stratosphere i'm so stupid it's called the strat now but yeah it's the stratosphere it's it's a casino no yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, so, yep. listen, I'm sorry. I've been in Vegas twice. <laughs> Damn it. Is that where you live in now? Yeah, I bought a place out here. I stand oh. out here now. Nice. I'm over oh. here now. All right. I'm over here, I'm over here there now. There you are. I feel like you're in the same room with us. But hey, man, thanks for thanks for uh, talking with us, brother. Always been talking with you. And uh, I got to break. Dude, let's go. Let's get that governor's date, man. We'll have a good yeah. time. All right, man. I'll get myself on the show again, Mike, too. Hell All yeah. Right. Let's do it, boys. All right, brother. All right, later, man. Thanks, Brett. All right, buddy. Peace. That was awesome. That was freaking awesome. Oh man! I, you know what? I, I mean, it really did feel like he was in the room with us. It, you know what's freaky? He's on the laptop with us, like three feet away, and he's staring in our eyes. Right. He's, it I, really I, did feel like he was here. Plus, we got the laptop on like these boxes, so he's at like he's, eye level with us. I see him looking at you and looking at me. I'm like, this is weird. Like, <laughs> he's like really in the room with us, but it's like man, a hologram. <laughs> yeah, it was like a hologram, but yeah. You know, maybe a lot of our, our listeners may have tuned out the last 15 minutes when he's talking about the biz, but oh man, I, I was, I wanted to get off and talk to him on the side because it's just so, the, the business is so interesting right now that people are making their own ways. And I wish I would have done this. You know, listen, I can't look at the past. All you look at, look into the future. And that's what I'm doing. I, I just passed at the comedy cellar, which was like a, a lifetime comedy goal. Yeah, uh, Chris Roach passed was, at the cellar. Yeah, that was a big, big thing for me, man. I, I, she told me I passed. I was like, I started crying. Like, <laughs> she's wow. like, she's like, you know what to do? I'm like, yeah. She goes, okay, okay. I'm like, I, I gotta go. And I, <laughs> and I walked down the street like John Travolta and staying alive. <laughs> I, was walk, I was walking down the street. I saw Joe DeVito. I was like, hey. I'm like, oh, fuck. oh, you saw him? I'm mid walking, staying alive, but. But no, it was, it was so, and it was ironic that I saw Joe because Joe was the guy that helped me out a lot when I started. Right, right. And he goes, where are you coming from? I was like, I just had a seller audition. He goes, how did it go? And I was like, I passed. I was like, yeah. Oh, he was like, that's so great. And there's a guy that should be working there. Guy's brilliant. I agree. Um, DeVito's brilliant. He really is. Great guy. Helps Always helped a lot of comics out, especially me when I first started. But um, hey, everybody, this was another uh, fun episode. That was Brett Ernst from Cobra Kai. Not his only credit. You know, Comedy Central. He's got a lot of credit, that boy. And uh, I think he gave us his website. We'll put redcomedy.com. Yeah, we'll put One it. Tape. I'll put it in the in the description of this podcast in case you want to go back. And I'll put our. That's what I'm trying to do now. Get our information in the description. I'm learning. You're learning. We're yes. learning together. The description is going to be in the uh, our information and our guest information. You can click on in the description or the body of the podcast. That we call the description of what each episode is. Yeah, the description. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. I think that's it, brother. Congrats, Chris Roach, on, on getting past at the cellar. And uh, wish I could have been there. And, and right. this is all, all beautiful things, all great things happening. A uh, little tech problem with us today. That's but all right. This show is going to get better and better every time. All right, brother. And let's dedicate this episode to your grandfather. Thank you so much. All right. Your grandfather just passed. And this show business, man, family members pass, and you're still here doing your thing. I did a set tonight. I, I found out my mom died. It was like right. so such a weird thing man but uh god bless him god bless your family and your mother's father yeah it was uh what spada spada vito antonio spada family was from sicily he grew up in bushwick brooklyn uh but himrod street and Knickerbocker. met my grandmother on the train and uh it's great what a what 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 a, what a class act 
what a classy guy and just big shoes to fill. And the only way to move forward is is to try to be like him and, and be at least half the man he was. That's God it. God bless. Right. I love you, Grandpa. God bless you, Grandpa Spader. And hey, everybody, thanks for listening. And always remember, don't be a douche. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>